This, 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 this is mythical. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Trevor Talks Too Much, the show where I turn off my brain and I open my mouth and I let the stream of consciousness flow. And whatever happens, happens. And then Jamie listens to it and picks what she wants to be in the episode and cuts other stuff out. That's the show. Yeah. That's how it goes. That's our process. Now you know how the sausage is made. I'm your host, Trevor Everts. It's my name right up there. <laughs> Master Baker, mythical soft boy, and owner of Sick Shorts. Check these out, Jamie. Hold on. Oh, my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great heavens. No. I'm closing my laptop. Check them out. They're freaking sick. They are really cool. I was going to say when you came in. To, yeah. They're new. Um, and I just wanted to show them off. But they're really cool. Champion? Champion. Yeah, and they're like pink. Um, and they're very comfortable. Anyway, that was it. That was the... That was all I had to say. Actually, they are cool. I was going to say something. I was like, ah, shorts guy Thank today. you. Yeah, shorts guy today. Uh, it's because I'm about to get real comfy because we're going to be in here for approximately six hours because today we're talking about mental health. <laughs> uh, today, Jamie's going to be acting as my therapist and I'm going to pretty much just gush all my problems out into this microphone and then hopefully I'll feel better afterwards and Jamie will feel worse. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, no, today... Um, yeah, uh, going to be talking about mental health. This is going to be an interesting episode uh, because, one, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's always a crapshoot, uh, honestly, whenever I start talking about this because I feel like I talk about it a bit, maybe not a lot. Honestly, we had planned this episode of the show for me to talk about mental health, and I had no clue what I wanted to say. Uh, because I have been in <laughs> probably one of the worst like month-long stresses, <laughs> stresses, <laughs> one of the worst month-long stretches in my life when it comes to mental health. I've been in a hole, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, but on an unrelated note, today I scheduled an appointment with a therapist, so that's huge. That is huge. Step in the right direction. That's um, awesome. Yeah, finally, I like started the process like last week, and today I got an appointment on the calendar, and it's in my calendar now, so I know it's going to happen, which is huge. Hopefully, it's good. <laughs> now, did you do one of those, like, you chat to the therapist for, like, 10 minutes to be like, okay, I think, to kind of feel them out? No, there. so there's, like, I guess a company or something that is, like, it's, like, Silver Lake Psychology that someone, a coworker actually recommended to me. And I basically just, like, filled out, like, a questionnaire form, um, like, kind of about some of the stuff that I deal with and go through. And then they have someone that like matches you. So I think I've actually got like a doctor in psychology. They told me they saw what I wrote and they were like, yeah, this guy's screwed up. They're like, we need to get him someone with a doctorate. No, but like in a psychology, which is actually huge because there's probably some disorder that I have that I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's like kind of cool that they have like a therapy matchmaker, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my therapy matchmaker hopefully did a good job. I don't know. We'll know in like a couple of weeks when I go to the appointment and see if I see if I vibe with them. Yeah, because I remember when I was looking for therapists, I had called like four and the first three I was like, yeah, not going to work for me. But it's, it's hard. It's hard to find. So I wish I had a matchmaker so I didn't have to spend that time. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've been in the process now uh, probably for the last. How long have I been working here? 
two and a half years or so. Uh, so that's two and a half years of being on my own health insurance um, and having to make my own medical decisions that I've been like, oh, I should probably get a therapist since I can. And then I just haven't for the last two and a half years, but we made it. So Woo! that's great. Huge, big win. Um, but anyway, I had no clue what I wanted to talk about today. And then uh, Jamie forced me to tweet something out. <laughs> um, not, not forced me. She didn't actually force me. I just get anxious about social media and I don't like tweeting things <laughs> that I like. It's weird. As soon as social media becomes like a job thing, I never want to post. It's like I'll tweet any deranged thought I have at like two in the morning without a second thought. But as soon as it becomes a work thing, then I'm like, I can't do it. Um, but I did it. And I'm glad I did. And yeah. I honestly thought there was probably only going to be a few people that responded to it. But then there were hundreds of people that responded to it. And I basically just asked, um, like, when did you feel comfortable opening up about your mental health? Because I think it's something that everybody goes through a different journey um, with any sort of mental health struggle. Um, and I was curious to see, you know, when, because I think nowadays it's becoming a lot more it's there's there's a lot less stigma regarding it um i think in the present time it's pretty normal to you know be open about those things and people aren't going to judge you but i mean in the past i know it's it's not something that was normalized it was something that like you could you know be kind of ostracized for having those sorts of problems um which sucks because that only makes it worse um but yeah, so I kind of just asked and people responded and they told me and now I know what I want to talk about uh, because people said a lot of words to me on Twitter and I read through every single reply. So if you reply to my tweet um, about mental health, thank you. I read it. Um, I see you. You are seen and you are validated. I only replied to a few people and... Um, because there was just so much. There and was a lot. I also have like a job sort of. So then I was like <laughs> sitting at work and like half doing my job, half reading about people's journey with different mental health issues, which is great. Um, but I'm probably going to go through like a lot of those tweets and just talk about things because a lot of people said some really great things and made some really good points that um, I think need to be shared. So who knows? I'm just going to start talking, I think. And you can listen. Um, do want to give fair warning uh, if you're listening and things like, because my personal mental health journey has always been with depression. And if there's anything um, in those lines with any mental health disorder, but specifically with depression or self-harm or suicide or anything like that, if any of that is like you don't do well with, I would recommend clicking off. I'm not going to be upset personally. I won't be mad. I totally understand. So if that's something that you don't feel like you want to listen to me talk about, um, then I would click off. But if you want to listen to me talk about that kind of stuff or m potentially touch on that, I'm not just going to sit here and talk about that the whole time, but I might touch on it. So if that's something that you want to distance yourself from, then uh, please do so now. Uh, you're more than welcome to. I would hope that you would. Um, we'll also put some resources for people down into the comments or not the comments, I guess the description. Yes, we will. S yes. Jamie will do that because I don't know how... <laughs> podcasts work <laughs> i don't know how publishing a podcast works i just sit here and talk <laughs> um gosh i don't even know where to begin it's well, hard what I, what when did you like for yourself when did you start feeling never <laughs> sorry yeah continue. no well, i mean it's okay if it's never but it's like was there a point where you felt like you were like okay i'm finally gonna start 
opening up more about some of the stuff I'm going through, whether that was just to a friend or like a family member or whatever. Mm. Like, did you do you feel like there was a place you can pinpoint or did you feel like gradually you started peppering it in? No, honestly, I don't think I've ever really done it in a healthy way. I mean, when I first started struggling with mental health issues, I was in high school and I didn't think anything was wrong with me. And I was just like, oh, like I or I thought I knew what was wrong with me. And I was like, I know what's wrong with me. I could fix it at any time or whatever. I I went to therapy when I was in high school because uh, (laughs) only share what you feel like sharing. No, it's funny. It's funny because I was in high school and I was severely depressed and I didn't really realize it or know what to do about it. And so uh, in classic dramatic Trevor, high schooler Trevor fashion, um, I was always a really good student and I got straight A's and then I started struggling with depression and then I got like straight D's. And so Mm. I didn't turn in assignments. I was like late to school all the time. And then I had a teacher I who would like assign me multiple essays throughout the year. Um, it was my junior year of high school. And she had assigned us uh, college essays, like basically essays to send on like college applications because that was a time when we were like doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I didn't write a single one of them. Um, yeah. And then at the end of the year, she's like, hey, Trevor, she's like, I'm going to have to give you a zero on these if you don't turn in something. <laughs> And so I did, I went in my car and I wrote in my car at lunch for like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. And I wrote one essay and it was a very thinly veiled cry for help. Ah. (laughs) And I turned it in. Then the funny part is that um, she... I don't think she got it. (laughs) Wow, really? I mean, when I say it was thinly veiled, it was thinly veiled and then she maybe she did get it and she just didn't really care but she 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 read it and she was like wow trevor this is so good she's like you should publish this and i was like that wasn't really the point but thank you i do feel like it's probably very difficult to be an educator however yeah i do feel that if you went from being such a great student to a not so great student that somebody somewhere should have been like are you okay? Well, no, they did. Okay, good. They did. Okay, um, good. <laughs> th- this was at the end of the year, but in, gotcha. in like sort of the middle of the year, uh, around Christmas holiday break time, um, I was just doing terribly in my classes. And then our school guidance counselor basically locked me in her office and forced me to tell her uh, what was going on. Oh, and okay. So then I did. And then she told my parents about it. And then my parents are very understanding. And, and um, they, my dad, told me i think i might have talked about this on an episode before but Mm -hmm. my dad when he was growing up he was one of those people like oh you know depression isn't a real thing just buck up get over it and it wasn't until my mom struggled with that that he really realized and so they were both very um supportive and they signed me up for therapy and i went and i was kind of just in this mode of like nothing's wrong with me i don't need to go to therapy and i wasn't receptive to it at all Mm. um and they let me quit it and then i quit therapy and i just kind of have survived the last 2016. I thought you were going to say 26 years. I was like, you're not even 26 years old. 2016 was when that would have started. So almost like six six years now. Is my math correct there? That is correct on your math. Six years. Wow. Yeah, so I've just kind of survived the last six years. Oh, man. So so you haven't really actually... 
I haven't been to therapy since I did like uh, what, however many sessions in high school. It was only a couple. So this will be your first kind of stint where you hopefully it is beneficial. Like you're yeah. ready to intake it. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I thought that I'd gotten, I, it was always like weird little kind of spells um, here and there where it was like, oh, I'd have like a bad month and then I'd get through it. And then I was like, all right, then I'm fine. Um, I think it's one of those things, a couple people that tweeted, I'm not going to be able to read every tweet verbatim because I also just screenshotted them. And so I'd have to like scroll through like 20 screenshots of like different tweets to find it. But I, I noticed, I think it was Damien's actually from Smosh, my friend Damien. He, he tweeted um, and he said right away, it was actually a coping mechanism that allowed me not to deal with my issues. If I talk about it, I must be fine, right? It wasn't until I really started unpacking things and working on them that, that the conversation started to feel more substantial and authentic. And I get that a lot. And it's the same thing with joking about it. Because I always like, I've always been a, what, I, what I think is a pretty self-aware person, like at least since, you know, I kind of figured out what was wrong with me. I've always been like very self-aware about what goes on in my head. And like, I know there's something wrong with me. And then I also joke about it a lot. And those two things in my head are a way for me. Like, I've literally said this before. I'll be like, oh, if I'm joking about suicide, then that's a good sign because then I probably won't actually do it. Oh. I've said that verbatim a lot. And I realize more and more that, like, that's just, like, that's a, a hard cope. Hard copium there. Yeah. Um, it, 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 and I think that that's something that a lot of people that are, are struggle with any sort of mental illness go through is, you know, humor is one of the best coping mechanisms because you also don't want to alienate people, you know, that you're around. Like if I'm playing video games with my friends, I don't want to be like depressing or like talk about, you know, my problems or whatever. And it's a lot easier to make a joke about, you know, suicide than it is to actually reach out for help. Um, and same with like talking about it. I always just assumed like, you know, if I'm, if I'm aware that these things are going on and that, you know, I'm struggling, then I, you know, at least have some control over it. Um, but more and more, I found that that's not in fact the case. Um, and it is hard. I mean, to, I, I've never been someone that, uh, there was actually someone tweeted and was like, I don't talk about it. Um, I think they said, because like, I'm a father and a teacher and I have to be strong. And I get that. I mean, I, since I had grown up, like I've always been, people have always perceived me, I think, as like the funny, sort of charismatic, nice, fun to be around person. And I feel like that's what I have to be mm. for people because I already, you know, am so insecure. And so it's like if I, if people, if I want people to like me and want people to spend time with me and be around me, then I have to be that person. I have to be the funny, kind, charismatic person that I've always been and so I don't want to I don't know I guess talk about the things that I'm going through because then in my mind I've become something other than what people value me for mm. um which is toxic and and I know that like a lot of people feel like I have to be strong I've always been strong so I have to be that I can't be vulnerable and it's it's the exact opposite I mean one thing that I've noticed from all of the tweets in the thread is that every single time someone said that they have become more open and comfortable with talking about their mental health, it was because as soon as they did, they had so many people around them that were going through the same things yeah. and they could just relate to each other. 
And even if you don't have, even if like, say your friends don't relate to you in the same exact way, they're going to support you. And if they don't support you and try and be there for you, then maybe they shouldn't be your friends. And that's not to say that it's your friend's job to be your therapist, because that's another thing that I've been very fearful about um, a lot is I, I've been taken advantage of in the past um, mm. by way of like someone kind of dumping all of their emotional trauma on me. That's why I think that talking to a professional is very important mm-hmm. um, because it is their job and they're very good at it and they're trained for it. Um, and so you can dump anything on them. Yeah. That, uh, and, and they, you know, they clock out at the end of the day, they go home and they're fine. Like, like they've, they've gone to school, they've trained, they've, they've prepared for this for you to dump everything that you're feeling on them. It's Sophia Franklin. And if you don't already know, listen up. My mini series is live now each and every Monday and the only person missing is you. We're dating, we're dumping, we're learning, and we're tapping into all the feels that originally brought us together. Listen and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's hard to find that balance when you don't know how much is too much to say or not enough to say. You're like, I don't want to be all one way or all the other. But when you bottle it up, that's when it becomes a dumping instead of a like trickling, I guess. A thing that I've gotten in the habit of doing with friends in both directions is one, asking people like, hey, I kind of need something to talk to you about something, but do you have like the emotional availability or emotional space for me to like talk about this or is this not a good time? Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to be, and I mean, I've always been that person. Like I, I love being there for people. I think because I've struggled with it. Anytime someone that I know is going through any like similar things, like I want to be there for them. Yeah. To my own detriment sometimes where it's like, I want you to dump it all on me because I know what you're going through and I don't want you to feel like I've felt, but then you end up carrying the weight, like more weight. Who knew? Who knew it was just about setting healthy boundaries? It's unreal. Why isn't that like there should be more classes in (laughs) school about like, hey, this is how you function as a human being. Yeah. And there's not. Instead, we're taught like calculus, which I've never used a day in my life. That's why this show exists. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you're learning how to be a healthy human being from me, you should, you really need to see it. Oh, um, one, one tweet that I really liked was from my friend Harley. Um, they said, when it felt like I was doing so to a helpful end, sharing my struggles publicly doesn't help or comfort me personally. But when I think that the people listening could learn, benefit or heal in some way, I'm very happy to open up entirely. Um, and I think that's something, another thing is like, when, at least for me, whenever I feel like I want to talk about it, even like in a in a public because I don't I don't necessarily feel this way when I talk about it to my friends or people that I care about because mm-hmm. I don't feel like it would come across that way. But I I rarely I don't know if I've ever talked about it on like social media or anything. Maybe making like an offhanded joke about Zoloft here and there. But because it's like I don't want to talk about that because it seems like I don't want it to come across as like I'm looking for attention or mm. pity, I guess. And that's another reason I think that 
people have a hard time reaching out and talking about it is because it does seem like something that, I don't know, you get a lot of people on the internet that do do things for attention. Yes. And like there's a lot of attention seeking behavior. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard when there's so much of that to want to actually reach out, but then be worried that you're going to come across that way. It's like your brain is just working against you all the time. Like that's the one thing that I found in the last six years of my life dealing with this is that my brain, I feel like is my worst enemy because there's things that I need to do to get better. And I don't get it because the bad stuff is in my brain, but then yeah. the solutions come from my brain. And it's like, there's two halves of my brain that are fighting against each other. But it's like, it's also about clicking. Like for me, it's always like, I have my thought that I know I need to do something. Yeah. And it doesn't click for so much longer. But when it does click, then I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it finally clicked, but it's it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. And like, I don't know if you've, when you first started talking about it with your friends, if you had this, but like, were they almost kind of shocked or did they kind of see it coming? Like, were they kind of like, oh my God, I had no idea? No, I mean, it, it's funny. I... I wouldn't say that I actually have talked about it with my friends a lot. Oh, really? They all know that it was something I struggled with because when I, I, again, like I've always been known as like a very happy, yeah. cheery person and kind person. And then as soon as it all started back when I was a junior in high school, it was just like, I was just a piece of shit. Like I was actually such a douchebag to like, oh, really? all my friends. I was mean. I didn't show up to things. I was just like an asshole. I don't know. And I also have pretty severe memory loss. And I know I talk about that a lot. Um, even to this day, I just have terrible memory. Um, but I mean, I was like, I was an asshole. And I've apologized to them on many occasions because if they stuck with me through it, and I really appreciate them for that. And so they all know like what the reason was. But I don't know. I just don't talk about it that often. I still don't. I don't know. This is the most that I've talked about it in a long time. Does it feel cathartic a little bit i don't know it feels hard it feels weird because i'm like sitting here in a room with you yeah but i also know that then there's like the potential for lots of people to listen to this yeah i hope that because i know that there were a lot of people you know under that tweet that talked about there were a lot of people that talked about i it took me so long in life to be able to talk about it you know like it took me you know 10 years after i started struggling with to finally figure it out but there's also a lot of people in there that are like i'm you know, in my 30s and I still haven't figured out or I still don't or like things like that. And I mean, I get it. There's so many things that I wish I could just sit down, look another human being in the eyes and tell them. Like when I lay in bed at night in my room, I think about all the things that I wish I could tell people yeah. like, or that I want to tell mm -hmm. people that I wish I could get off my chest. But as soon as it comes to actually doing that, I just get so anxious. And I think it, there's, you know, a lot of factors to that. I, there is one person um, under the tweet that talked about like how they were struggling and it started affecting like their work performance. And thankfully their job, when, when he finally, like they had a sit down with him, we're like, hey, what's going on? And he was honest. They were very supportive and they helped him get through it. They gave him time off to go focus on his mental health. But I think that that's not an opportunity that a lot of people have. Oh, not at all. And, oh. and I hope nobody from work listens to this. Otherwise, <laughs> they're going to know my secret crying spot. 
Um, no, but I literally went like up in the loft in the office, mm, mm-hmm. but into like the closet area of the loft, oh, like that's the like, storage that's a good area. Spot. Yeah, a storage area. And I went not only just into the storage area, I went like behind a bunch of stuff and sat in a corner and I just cried because I was like, I don't know what to do. I, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I don't suck it up and do my job, then like this episode isn't going to happen or it's going to mean my coworkers having to be under a lot more pressure because I didn't do what I said I was going to do or I didn't do the things that I needed to do. So it's going to be up to them to pick it up. But then I'm also like, I feel like if I go down into that kitchen and do what I need to do, I'm going to lose it. I don't know. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. this weird, like outside, like, and that was a moment where I was like, I, I was like, I want, I need to ask someone for help because I feel like I'm losing my mind right now. I need to ask someone for help. But then I was worried. I was like, if I say something to someone, are they going to get so worried about me? Or are they going to say, Hey, maybe you should go home. Like, I don't know. It was like a moment. It was like this moment where I felt so vulnerable and like I needed to talk to someone, but I was worried that if I did, that I was not going to be able to do my job. And then it was going to have a negative impact on my coworkers. Oh, okay. And so then I was like worried. I was like, I don't want my mental health to have a negative impact on my job or on the people around me. And so, I don't know. I ended up just sucking it up and doing it. No, I mean, I I feel like it's one of those things too where, yeah, like it's being in a work setting, it's like the worst when you're like, I am really trying to hold it together. But if one person says one thing to me, I might just pull my eye out of its socket and throw it across the room. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's in those moments where you're like, you can say like, even, even if it's just a break, you're like, Hey, like I just need to take 10. Yeah. For now I'm having a moment, uh, that kind of stuff or taking a walk, breathing yeah. exercises. I know it's like, sounds dumb. But no, like, no. And, and I did honestly like going up and sitting in the loft and crying helped. You gotta let like, it out. It, it did. I like, I like, once I kind of like got it all out, I sat there and I was like, okay, I think I'm capable of going and finishing the work day. And then I went and finished the work day and I went home and I slept for six hours, but it wasn't healthy. But regardless, like it, it definitely does help to take that time. But I don't know. That's a very, very hard thing to do when you have to deal with that. And it is affecting your work or people start to notice it affecting your work. If you're in a workplace that, that you know, isn't mindful of those things. Um, which in America, to be clear, <laughs> a lot or not, to be clear to those listening, I feel I, I'm not saying that if I had gone and talked that there would have been a problem. Oh no. <laughs> if I had reached out for help in that moment and been like, I'm losing it. I'm imploding. I would have been, I, they would have helped me. They would have told me, Hey, do whatever you need to do to get right. I'm not saying that that would have been negative. No, but that's what um, your internal monologue was telling That's you. what my internal monologue. And I also know that like uh, there wouldn't have been any like consequences, but it w- still would have had a negative effect on my coworkers, which I didn't want. So in the end, that's why I chose to suck it up because I didn't want to leave them on the hook. Um, but regardless, like if you're in a place like, and I think that's why the stigma of, of like mental health I'm glad it's moving in the right direction, but I just feel like it needs to get there. Because, I mean, if you have a cough or a sore throat when you're a kid, you stay home from school for the day. Mm-hmm. But if you're depressed and are thinking about hurting yourself and don't feel like you have the energy to get out of bed and brush your teeth 
you're still expected to go to school. Yeah. How many times did you fake a stomach ache or fake something because you were like, I can't do it mentally? It got to the point where I just stopped faking it. Oh, really? Like it got to the and And I, I feel terrible that I did this to my mother. She's a saint. My mother is a saint. But my junior year of high school, I would. I would start faking, you know, being sick because I was like, I just don't feel like I can get out of bed. Like, I don't feel like I have the energy to go to school and do whatever. But you can only fake so many stomach aches. That's I mean, true. I literally, it got to the point where I would, I would go into the bathroom at night and try and make myself throw up. Wow, really? Yeah, and then it got to the point where I would just lay in bed and my mom would be like, hey, Trevor, you need to get up. We got to go to school. And then I would just lay there and ignore her. And then that caused a lot of strain in my relationship with my parents. During that time, I yeah. had a great relationship with them. Now, we've healed. Yes. My mom still makes jokes about it, but you know, it's her right. Um, but we have sick days. We should have mental health days. It's hard to, you know, it's like, oh, you get 40 hours of paid sick days, whatever. And so it's like, okay, you get, you get a cough for a couple days. Now it's different, obviously with COVID and a global pandemic, you're like off for a while, but like, you know, you get a cough, you take two sick days. Cool. Now you've got however many hours left, 24. It's like, all right, you got a few more sick days. Good math. Good quick maths. I know. <laughs> um, but like, who knows? I mean, if, you know, it gets to a point where it's bad, he might need to just reset for like a month or a couple weeks. You might need to just go somewhere, do something, freaking talk to someone. I don't know. And everyone's different. Everyone needs a different amount of time to figure out what's going on in their head. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm scared to talk to a therapist. Uh, it's not it's not as scary as you think. It's it's kind of weird how when you're in a setting of like a this is like professionally this office was yeah. created so that I could do this thing where like on my first therapy session I was like shit, I'm not going to say anything and then I just spilled my fucking guts. Yeah. It's hard. One of the things about like depression at least in my experience. And again, I know that there are people out there with all sorts of other mental health disorders. I'm not, I, depression is just the one that I've struggled with mainly that I know of. I'm not trying to push those other struggles to, you know, or other issues to the back or not talk about them. Um, but I'm just trying to talk about my own personal experience because that's what I know the most about. Um, and it's scary. And I'm, I'm worried that like, as I start unpacking things, I'm going to realize more and more things that are wrong. So that's kind of what happens usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know it's scary, but it's like, it's like a bruise, you know, yeah. it's going to look worse before it gets better. Yeah. Someone tweeted um, that one of the ways that they found is best to talk to people about it is to um, write down things that they're yes. feeling and then have a piece of paper. Cause I feel like there's a lot of times when I am alone with my thoughts, whether that's laying in bed or whatever, I'm in the shower, whatever it is that I think through these things. And I'm like, these are the things that I need to be saying to people. These are, this is what I wish I could verbalize to someone. And then I have those thoughts and then I wake up the next day or whatever. And then I get in a situation where I could verbalize, sorry, where I could <laughs> verbalize those things and then I just can't, like, I can't bring myself to. So that's honestly a really good tip. If you have trouble, like, actually saying the things that you've already thought in your head, maybe just write them down. Like, I might try that for my first session, just write down a bunch of things so that I have them 
at the forefront of my mind. And when I'm in that moment, I don't just freeze up and go, no, just bury it. Just bury it. Because yeah. I'm worried that that's what I'm going to do. But No, writing it down is so smart. Because it's it's one of those things, too, where, you know, when you're someone puts you on the spot to do an impression or to say something funny or whatever. And you're yeah. like, now that I'm on the spot, I'm the least funny person I've ever met in yeah. my life. It's the same thing that happens when you're trying to talk about serious stuff or like when you're yeah. going to like the doctor, you're like, I forgot every important question ever. Literally. Oh my God. <laughs> the doctor. Yeah. When I go and I'm like, there's these things that are going on in my body that don't make sense. And this is what I need to talk about. And then I go to the doctor and they're like, so what's going on? And I'm like, ah, uh, I'm a bill of health. No, I think <laughs> things are good. You know, probably just like a normal checkup. Do you do those? Like <laughs> touch my balls. Tell me to cough. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys get it. People with balls get it. Well, because is that part of your regular, this is off topic, but if that is part of like the regular physical is that they do the ball cough thing or is that like, because for chicks or people that have um, vulvas and whatnot, that's, it's a separate appointment. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> we don't have to keep on I this. Went, but... <laughs> no, I want to talk about my balls a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um. When I was in high school, it was because you had to get like sports physicals. Okay. But I think it's just like a making sure your balls are healthy. I don't know. I I can't remember. I think the last time I went in for like a general checkup, I don't think he touched my balls. General checkup? Yeah. Sorry. I do that a lot. <laughs> it's like a bit. It's like every time someone says general Yeah, it's or just private. one of your bits. You just do a little salute. Well, because like anytime someone says like general or like like private or something like that, like you're, it's like. Oh, like like general speaking, like general speaking, like it's like a salute. I don't know. Sorry, it's from no, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> For a great low rate you can get online, go to the general and save some time. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. Um, um, what were we talking about? Well, because we were talking about how at the doctor you, you forget. Freeze up. You freeze up. You, you freeze don't know what's up. going on. You 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 forget the things that were bothering you because you're in that moment and you feel like it's like the it's like the penultimate moment. You know, it's like. I'm finally here. This is the penultimate moment before I either fix what's wrong or continue to brush it under the rug or forget about it or whatever. So I don't know. It's going to be teletherapy, which it, is um, interesting. Yeah. The place that I was at, apparently they're not back in office yet. I definitely think I'm more of like an in-person kind of person, Same. but I'll just have to find a pillow to clutch because anytime I talk about my feelings, I clutch a pillow. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's like a way to close myself off. <laughs> well, it's also like, it's like, okay, how can I hold on to comfort? Yeah, right now I'm just fidgeting with this hairband yeah. <laughs> the whole time because I can't be still. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of scared. No. Well, it is But scary. like for other reasons, not like I'm scared that something more serious is going to be wrong with me. Does well, that make sense? It does. Because I, I, I've always just like, I don't know. I've always thought it was kind of just like, oh, you're all run-of-the-mill depression because that's what, I don't know, I've always had the symptoms of. But then, like, I look at other th more things that go on in my life mm. and I'm like, that's not really a symptom of depression, but it's also something that's pretty wrong. And so then I'm worried that, like, oh, I probably don't know everything that's wrong with me and there might be, I don't know. I started taking Zoloft back in October, so a little less than a year now. Mm -hmm. I thought it was working but I don't think it is. Mm, okay. And I don't know. I guess I've always just like wanted to, I've always wanted there to just be an easy fix. Like, hey, Trevor, tell me what's going on. And then I tell them what's going on and they're like, wow, lucky for you, all you have to do is take 
100 milligrams of this drug every day and you'll be normal. That's like the ideal scenario for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's how it goes. Unfortunately. Oh, don't give me bad news, Jamie. No, I'm just saying. Give me good news. <laughs> I feel like, too, though, it's good to get, like, re-evaluated because I don't know who prescribed you the Zoloft originally. It was my uh, general practitioner because I went in when I was in another. I was going through a very bad few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I um, getting an appointment with a doctor was easier than getting an appointment with a therapist for me. Yeah. And it was also because. Um, Which is also fucked. I, I knew, well, the, the reason is that I knew that they were going to give me, because when you first go to a doctor, like a general practitioner, they usually give you like a little sheet to fill out. That's yeah. like your medical history or whatever, things that you have. And there's a depression screening. And I kind of knew in my head, I was like, I can't tell anyone how I feel. I literally didn't even, like, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to talk about it even in the doctor's office. But I knew that like I could check boxes on a piece of paper. Yeah. I was like, I know that if she gives me a piece of paper that has all these boxes on it that say, I'm depressed, I have no energy, I have no feelings or emotions, and I think about hurting myself. I can check all those boxes, and then she can look at it and be like, hey, what's going on? And then as soon as I'm prompted, I could be like, yeah, I probably haven't been doing so great. I'm kind of sad, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then that did happen. And she looked at the paper, she was like, oh, God. She was like, what's going on? And then I just like told her just very yeah. basic level type things. And she was like, okay, do you want to try medication? And I was like, yes, I'd like to. And then, I don't know, I've been on meds now, but it's not, it like, I thought it helped, but maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it was just like a placebo thing. Like I was like, or I just got like out of the funk for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I genuinely don't know, but I also I know it's scary, but you got you gotta like you gotta remember, <laughs> which is way easier said than done. You just you can't go straight to like this super super negative. It's like you're like a hypochondriac for your mind, but you're not. Like you know, there's something, but if you let yourself go down the rabbit hole of WebMD trying to figure it out yourself, yeah. Well, but see, then that's the thing is like, but then I I tell myself like, oh, are you like making up these things in your head? Maybe you don't actually feel this way. Oh, no. Now that's too far the other direction. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like there's no middle ground for me. It's either one extreme is like my brain is so far past being saved. I have got zero brain function or I'm making everything up. It's all in my own head and I just need to figure out how to be better. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I, <laughs> I literally yesterday was like, I wanted to do so many things. I wanted to get like errands done. I wanted to run errands. I wanted to do stuff. And I just couldn't bring myself to get out of bed. And then I finally did it. I got up and I took a shower. And it was like the biggest accomplishment. I don't want to talk about how long it had been since I showered. But that's also something like it is. It does feel spectacular when you get out of that funk and you're like, oh, my God, I did a normal day. Like, it's still okay to be proud of that. I yeah. know it sounds bad. It just makes me sad that that's like an accomplishment. But it is. It is an accomplishment. I should be proud because it's genuinely when you're in that place, every little step is a win. Like, every single little step, whether it's brushing your teeth, like, if it's, brush, if it's washing your hands after you go to the bathroom, any little step, if it's eating food, if it's like, 
microwaving something for dinner rather than just not eating, like whatever it is, those little steps, like they mean everything. They mean the world, like, and it's so important. But then like your brain just continues to attack itself. Like, oh, you're such a piece of shit. Like you think that taking a shower is an accomplishment? Like, yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do think it's an accomplishment. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't don't like that this episode has become me talking about my problems and Jamie convincing me that therapy is going to be okay. (laughs) Every person goes through things differently. uh, But that's what a lot of the comments on your tweet were saying that they did. People didn't feel comfortable talking about it till they realized they had a good friend group around them or they someone noticed something and pulled them aside and said something or like they lived in a household where they were told to suck it up, but as soon as they got out of that household, they're like, "Oh wait, I don't have to suck it up." Yeah, and that's what I—that's what resonated with me reading those replies because I went through all the replies too. Yeah, and like it was cool to see how like every single person was on a different path, and like exactly. everybody has to get there. You know, at the end of the day, you have to come to that place on your own. You know, of asking for help. Like, even though it's a lot easier to hint at not being okay like that's what i want to do that's i, I always want to just like is like if i can drop enough hints that i'm like not doing great eventually someone's going to ask me hey are you doing okay and then i can just like let loose and and finally let it all out but like you know you've got to come to that place on your own where you finally realize like yeah i i'm not okay and that's okay even as cliche it is to say it's okay to not be okay and cliches are cliches for a reason okay jamie now you're being cringe yeah well that's (laughs) i'm kidding i feel like i'm just having like the uh, like i'm just voicing every single person's internal monologue right now that they're struggling with like i don't know how to talk to people i'm scared like i feel like i'm just voicing all these things and just like and then you're just talking No, but that's good. I mean, you said at the start that I was basically going to No, be- but I didn't want it was a joke because it's, it's what I don't want. It's the opposite of what I want. I don't know. I hope someone out there resonates with this, I guess. I hope that someone listens to it and is like, wow, I'm not the only insane person. Yeah. I feel like people could play this and they'd be like, wow, this is like what I, I get it. tell so myself. So then takeaways. Takeaways. It is okay to talk to people. If you are able and capable and have the resources, finding a therapist or someone to talk to is ideal. Um, but I don't know. Everyone's got to, you know. Also, different types of therapy. Maybe talk therapy is not for you. Maybe you need something else. Like, not you specifically, but. Maybe like shock the, therapy? No, I not I need that. to get zapped until my no. brain works, right? Uh, no, we I don't. I want to try that first. Put me in the electric chair. Let's not, let's not do that. I'll be okay. I'm built different. But uh, no, I think this has like a, been a really great episode. I think that you've opened up a lot, which is great, and it's helpful to other people. Like even just the amounting, amounting, the amount of responses to your tweet just goes to show that yeah. people really want to talk about this. Yeah. A lot of people were like, "Thank you people for asking." Never this respond to my tweets <laughs> about, about podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, do you guys have a favorite food?" And one person's like, "Beans." And then I ask about mental health, and all of a sudden, everyone and their nans got a got a response. I'm sorry, Trevor's tips. This is this is actually the Trevor's tips section. Here's my tip: No matter where you're at, mental health wise, no matter what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with, no matter how serious you feel like it is or isn't, one, there's 
always someone around you, a friend, a peer, a family member that has felt the same things. I guarantee it 110%. I don't think there's ever been a situation in all of mankind, humanity, that someone has been like, hey, I'm not feeling so great mentally. And then everyone around them was just like, well, you're dumb. I've never felt that before in my life. At least, I don't know. I don't know about the cavemen. Freaking cavemen might have not had to deal with depression. Who knows? They're too busy hunting dinosaurs. All that to be said, there are people around you that have felt the same things and that have felt the same feelings. And there are people around you that are willing to help. And the less that you push it down and the less that you let it eat away at you, the better it's going to be in the long run. Um, because I know like, I mean, I'm only 23, but do I wish that the last four years of my life I'd been mentally healthy and been a lot happier? Yeah. Like I, I've been happy. I've had these spurts of happiness. I've had these happy moments. I've felt generally good probably about the last few years of my life, but there were a lot of nights that I laid in my room in my bed and just had a really terrible time. And I wish that that was different. And I just hope that wherever you're at and whatever you're going through, that you reach out to someone, anyone, just as soon as possible. Um, Because you never know when that breaking point's going to be or what that breaking point is and what that looks like for you. Um, So yeah, all that to say, there's resources down in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening, watching, whatever. Um, If you're feeling anything, please go check out all those links. Um, Talk to someone, talk to anyone, talk to me. I don't know, DM me on Twitter. I honestly am terrible at checking DMs. I will probably read it. (laughs) I might not respond, but know that even if it just helps to know that I've probably been through something similar or the same, then that makes me happy. I feel like I'm going to shed a a tear. No, don't shed a tear. It's nice. It's like nice stuff. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. It made me feel like I actually am a little welling, but Aww. like it just made me feel like it's nice and it's happy and it's like you're, that's definitely going to resonate yeah. with someone. If there's one thing that's come out of this whole show and Rhett and Link asking me to do it is that a few people that listen felt like they were empowered or encouraged to get help for the struggles that they have with mental health, then that's huge. Then I feel like it's a win. Um, I don't care how many people listen to this. I don't care how many people like watch the show. If you've listened and, and you feel like you resonated with anything, um, please check out the resources that we have down here. Reach out to anyone. I hope you all have a lovely week. Thank you for listening. I don't know. This feels weird to do a normal outro, so I'm just not going to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a lot. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you want more stuff like this. Um, if you want me to be serious, if you want me to go back to being a funny haha guy, because uh, I'm very capable of that too. I got some jokes, some bangers. <laughs> I'll save it for the next episode. Um, but yeah, have a great week.